All right, welcome to the Fantasy Finish Line podcast, episode 24 today, Playoff Run. I feel like we might be on the Bill Simmons podcast right now. Bill? Yeah, one of my favorite features of his show is that it always starts with Pearl Jam. No, I was asking if he was on the on the phone. Oh, Bill? Bill's not there, man. <laughs> Dave's not here, man. Dave's not here, man. Uh, Bill's also not here, man. Uh, well, I like the music. Um, if anyone can guess why we have this music for this particular night, please let us know. We'll provide you with some kind of a prize. Oh, I like that. The clues may not always be... Obvious, but they are always there. <laughs> oh yeah, like you meant Mustang. You know, I love, I love escape rooms. The funny thing about uh, about the escape rooms is that there's there's always an escape. You can you can easily exit, you know, from that room. Just like open the door and Un- leave. Unfortunately, for a team like the Buffalo Bills, there is no escape. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> there's no red button you can press. No doors unlock if you have to use the bathroom. Uh, you're just done. Yeah. You're, you're just a, a Buffalo Bills fans. We're sorry, although we're very happy about your extracurricular activities during football games because it makes us it makes us uh, laugh. Smash some tables. Yeah, smash you know, them up. Feel better about yourself. You, at least you're not the Raiders. <laughs> if that's what it takes, you know. At least you're not on the ten year plan with John Gruden to always oh, be bad. Man. Is that what it is? It's the ten year plan to always be to bad. Always be bad. Like, can we be? Never as... stop being bad. <laughs> Let's take a team that was decent and let's let's just take them apart piece by piece until we have no one good left. They're like, John, can we go to Vegas and do the opposite of what the NHL team did there? <laughs> how, how can we lose all of our games? So you got players on the team um, uh, like the undrafted free agent running back that was really good in, in preseason that injured himself. And, and John Gruden's going to be like, we know that you're good in theory. We have to eliminate you before you actually become good. Right. You're gonna, better better take all of the good players and trade them away. You're going to have to go to Tampa Bay. Yes. <laughs> you get to go to Chicago, Khalil Mack. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what are you drinking tonight, man? Well, Dave, uh, I have the Golden Nugget from Goliath, Toppling Goliath Brewing Company. Uh, our good buddy Glenn, if he was in the chat room right now, would point out that they're from the great state of Iowa. You know, great state of Iowa... 75% correct in my book after yesterday. But that's as political as we're going to get tonight. You just had to get something in, I guess. Well, I didn't I, plan that. I'm not it gonna, just happens I'm not going to wax political at all. But uh, the company that I, I work with um, you know, sometimes as a day job is based out of Iowa. So I've been there several times. And Excellent. Toppling Goliath, uh, uh, different kinds of beer that they make, are always available at really cool brew pubs around the area. So I, I really like Toppling Goliath, and they've done a really cool thing, which a lot of people are familiar with, I think, uh, with Pseudo Sioux, which is kind yeah. of based on uh, Sioux, the T-Rex from the I Field was Museum. The Field Museum in Chicago for a long time. I do not believe she's there anymore. No? I think they replaced her with like a larger dinosaur, and now Sue is on a world tour. Yeah. So good for her. Right. She was purchased by J.D. Pritzker and now in, her, in his house. He is really trying hard to figure out ways to spend all of his money now that the campaign's done. <laughs> 
That was a great onion article today. Well, he, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to go any further on the political bents. But there was a lot of that because election night obviously just occurred, and uh, I think that people on both sides of the bend can find solace in something that happened during the midterms. So not so bad. Everyone is not sad. Right. Everyone is still going to be angry. <laughs> and that's what we want. Just stay angry because that's motivation, right? That's telekinesis, that's, Kyle. That's ratings. Yeah. Speaking of Tenacious D, they'll be on the podcast next week. Yes. Or we'll be at their show. Yeah, one probably. or the other. It's one or the other. Yeah. We're not sure which yet. We'll, we'll talk to them on Tuesday, see if they want to come out on Wednesday. So I wanted to find out the ketchup and mustard from last week. And what I mean by that is not including the headlines. What the hell do you mean from that? We'll catch up from last week. Okay. Uh, the mustard just because I like it eh, not bad um, I want to talk about a couple of things that you really enjoyed from these past couple games not looking at the things that we already have on the discussion list so I'll start going into the NFL talking about the Raiders that we begun the discussion with for example playing the 49ers 49ers 34-3 to we didn't really talk about uh, the possibility of uh, of CJ the quarterback there not playing and he was unable to grip the football, which allowed for um, this gentleman uh, named Nick Mullins, named Nick Mullins, to become the quarterback. And and yes, the Raiders are a terrible team. And if you saw this coming, you're a liar. But it was a great opportunity to see uh, a quarterback that didn't even know if he would be able to ever play an NFL game go out there and do well versus a team that was basically uh, flag football. I heard a rumor that Hugh Jackson really wanted to draft Nick Mullins, but they wouldn't let him. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw the interview after the game, et cetera, but it was really refreshing and nice to see this quarterback like basically just in tears because he was so happy uh, about playing at all, not to mention the fact that he had a really good game and basically destroyed the Oakland Raiders, putting the last uh, chip in their side. Nick Mullins, his first start uh, was he was 16 for 22, 262 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 151.9 quarterback rating. Dave, uh, a quarterback who is playing today has the only uh, higher quarterback rating for his very first game. Who is it? Playing actively starting for a team? Actively starting for a team. Uh, can I come back to that? Actively starting for a team on Monday night of this past week. On Monday night? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I might narrow it down for you. You have um, a 50% chance of getting it right. For his first game? His very first game in, uh, of his career, he had a higher quarterback rating. He's the only person to post a higher quarterback rating for his very first game. Is it the Prescott? No, it's uh, Marcus Mariota. Well, I had a one and two chance and I failed. Yes, you did. <laughs> but both okay. both are actually also recent quarterbacks. Uh, and both this year have been doing rather poorly, uh, although Mariota did step up uh, this, this past Monday. Yeah. But, again, against the Cowboys, which are not a very good team this year, their record uh, will, will kind of lie about how good of a team they are. The Cowboys, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now that Sean Lee is out on defense, they're you know they're back in the pits. Well, the Cowboys are, um, what are they, th- three and six? Three uh, and five? Yeah, they've won all their games at home and lost everything else. Well, they lost at home for the first time. Right. Uh, they were one of the few undefeated teams at home. Gotcha. Um, any more mustard to offer? Um, you know, looking back at last week, uh, not a lot sticks out to me. The only thing really is Atlanta surprised me because they played well outdoors, but it was good weather. So I kind of got to write that off. 
Um, and uh, Mike McCarthy continues to infuriate me uh, because the Packers' play calling is terrible. I wanted to mention the Steelers and Ravens. I, of course, am a Steelers fan. Is um, that what that yellow hat is? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, but they are now 5-2-1, and one, and that is not so shabby. Uh, that yeah, one record. That one is going to haunt us for a little while. But as we talked about off uh, off camera, you know, off broadcast, off uh, the Steelers technically have always had that greater percentage of success in October, November, much like the uh, the Patriots. I don't know why that is, but it, but it happens to be the truth, even if it is only by a couple percentage points. Yeah, I mean, they, they both have two losses. I wanted, this is the way you can look at that. I wanted to mention how uh, I, I really enjoyed, and this isn't very fantasy relevant yet, but I enjoyed seeing uh, Josh Dobbs come in. Um, and uh, just pass one pass for 22 yards for a first down from his own end zone. Yeah, that was it was impressive for us. So I think Steelers fans around the, was very important around the world were super happy. Uh, we don't have to talk about James Conner. We already know where he is in the echelon of running backs right now. However, um, interesting thing to discuss is that Vance McDonald, who has been a, a big pickup and has had some good games so far as a tight end, took a backseat to Jesse James. Um, uh, I don't know about backseat, uh, yeah. but Jesse James had a better game than he did. Sure. So Jesse James had a 51-yard reception, right? which would put him up uh, three targets, two catches for James, six targets, three catches for Vance. Um, you know, he's got to do more with that if he wants to keep getting that many targets. And and then on the Ravens' side, you had Alex Collins, who did pretty poorly as far as a rushing uh, running back. But, of course, I mean, that's going to be the case when you're kind of playing from behind for most of the game. However, he did have a touchdown and 35 yards. But for those of you that, that own Alex Collins, it's hard for me to justify, you know, nine carries is not enough. Like, obviously, they needed to give him the ball more often. They weren't even, I mean, for some reason, Lamar Jackson had five carries in that game. Because they, they're just going to ease absurd. him in until he can just replace Joe Flacco entirely. That's not how you start a quarterback, though. Like, you're, you're right. It's not. <laughs> you just put him in or you put Joe Flacco in. That's from the Harbaugh school They're of trying to do the crazy stuff that the Saints are doing. And the only reason people aren't roasting Sean Payton about all the Taysom Hill crap is because, for one, Taysom Hill is being slightly more productive, but they're winning games despite – for some reason, taking the ball out of Drew Brees' hands. Yeah, they're they're able to do those trick plays from the Saints' perspective because the Saints are so much better. They're arguably the best team in the NFL. I agree. I so mean, the, the Saints and the Chiefs and the Rams are all playing on a different level than every other team in the league. Yep. Yep, agreed. So uh, let's let's go ahead and move forward into the next part of our show tonight. That is a fine group. So I'm drinking the Golden Nugget as well. And uh, and the Citra here, I see. Can we just say that, that we support um, deliciously flavored IPAs from the Midwest? From wherever they come from, really. And wherever they come from also. (laughs) (laughs) The Midwest and beyond. So, Jason, can you do me a favor and and look up the specific pronunciation of this player we're going to talk about? Yes. It's pronounced Jeff. My brother is named Jeff. I'm pretty sure that's right. I think it's... I think it's Howerman, but I would like to get a, uh, a verification on that. I so, know... according to Pro Football Reference, 
which um, was not correct, which disagreed with the last pronunciation correction you gave me. Which is Roethlisberger, which is actually pronounced Roethlisberger. But if you say it quickly, no one would know what you're saying. So it doesn't really matter, right? The burger is the important part. So... Does it have a fried egg on top? It's it's Jeff Hireman. <laughs> Jeff Hireman. Oh Lord! All right, got it. So Jeff <laughs> Jeff Hireman, is it Hireman? Hireman. I don't really like that. I, I you don't have to like it. You just have to say it. It's not up to me, I guess. Right. <laughs> so Jeff Hireman, uh, another beneficiary from the Demarius Thomas trade to the Texans. He actually had 11 targets and caught 10 of them, which in and of itself is pretty awesome. But 83 yards and a touchdown, which makes him an incredible PPR play, a really good standard play. And I can't dig any further down because there's nothing lower than standard uh, fantasy football. (laughs) No, there is. There are leagues where yardage is basically, uh, you know, one for 25 instead of one for 10. And it's all about touchdowns. Gotcha. So in a TD league, he also does well because he scores one. That's um, true. Uh, really interesting was that he was all over the field. And what I've heard from uh, a bunch of um, beat reporters, that this is really the the way that I find out about all these fantasy players, is by following these beat reporters on Twitter, mm-hmm. looking at the hype and looking at those guys looking at people at practice. And so everyone looking at uh, this particular team – um, has been has been really outspoken about how higher men has been all over the field, being lined up in the backfield, lined up as a slot receiver, lined up on the outside, and that's one of the best indications that a player knows the playbook and is trusted by the coaches. Wouldn't that's, you say so? That's like a Belichick thing, a guy who can play multiple positions. Yeah. Um, hey, Hireman, he was the number four running or tight end this week. Um, in a week where there was a ton of guys that caught touchdowns. It looks, I, it looks like at least 12 tight ends caught a touchdown this week. Uh, but Hireman is still only owned in 1% of Yahoo leagues. So this is a great thing for us to talk about. Uh, the remaining bye weeks, 11 and 12, a really good option for you to pick up and play if you have someone like Travis Kelsey, etc. You can grab him ahead of time. 1% of leagues, probably not your league. He's probably available. <laughs> and because the tight end position is pretty tough in general in 2018, uh, it's it's just a good pickup all around if you can fit him on your roster. There's a bonus, too. Because the Broncos are on bye in Week 10, uh, no one's going to be looking at him. No one except for us and you now having heard this show. So if you need tight end help in the next two weeks, or if you want a new guy because you have someone like Charles Clay, and we'll get to him later, who you haven't dumped yet for some godforsaken reason, well, <laughs> then here's a guy, higher man, who you can, you can grab. He's going to be good looking forward. He may not get 83 yards and a touchdown every week because that's just not sustainable. But clearly... He's being looked at as a as a high uh, octane target in that offense. I, I, I definitely see a bunch of targets coming his way uh, before this week. His last two games, um, I don't I don't know what happened in week seven with him. If he didn't play, maybe. Uh, but the you know week six and week eight, he had five targets each week. Um, so clearly, he was already in use, and now he's in this expanded role. Yeah. Um, they play the Chargers coming up in eleven. They play Pittsburgh in week twelve. Pittsburgh. Uh, was giving up a lot of points to tight ends going into this week, I know. Uh, Cincinnati, San Francisco. So there's definitely a lot of room for points. I totally agree. Um, 
talking about Golden Tate and the Lions, talking about other trades, uh, Golden Tate was traded recently to the Eagles from the Lions. And with the absence of a tight end over there, and now trading Tate away to the Eagles, Detroit's having a really hard time when they're pressured. So I think Stafford was sacked 10 times, or, or at least pressured to almost sacks 10 times this past week. The problem with uh, the Detroit offense right now is that they don't have anybody to pass the ball off to except for Theo Riddick. Now, Theo Riddick, I'm not saying he's a terrible player. He's not. He's a great running back, good in the backfield, excels at his position, but he just doesn't have that yards after the catch. Where Golden Tate had 272 right. yards after the catch so far this year, which is, I think, close to a league high. I, I was going to say, not many players are as, are, are as good as Tate after the catch. Yep. He's great. Uh, but... If you look at week nine, for example, Theo Riddick had seven receptions, uh, which is good, but 36 yards. That's five yards per reception, and that's not good. Now, it's, does Theo Riddick line up in the slot, or is he mostly out of the backfield? Well, that's uh, he, they, they move him around a little bit, but mostly out of the backfield. Okay, and he's going to lose. You know, He's not going to get as much action because Kerryon Johnson's playing so well. Well, he actually gets more action because Golden Tate leaves, and they have nobody... To, to fill in that slot position. As long as they're putting him in the slot, then they can have both guys on the field. But I agree with you. Um, Kerryon Johnson has been doing a good job too. The problem is when you take a guy like Tate away, who has been so important to that Lions offense for the past couple of years, what happens? They're they're kind of just they get wrapped up because they're not they used they're not used to uh, and they're not scheming for that absence of Golden Tate. Yeah. Now I should mention that Marvin Jones has seen an uptick and will continue to, and he's been really good. Uh, Galladay had a not so great of a game this past week, but there's no reason for us to think he won't be good. He is the de facto number one receiver there. I look forward to you know the the next couple of years being Wouldn't good for Marvin Galladay. Jones. Be the de facto number one there? Yeah, I disagree. I, I think uh, Galladay is the is the is the bigger, better uh, wide receiver for for the most part. But you know, we'll see what happens, right? Okay, I mean, uh, oh, I'm looking at Riddick. Riddick and Jones both had eight targets. That's nice. But uh, what has to happen really is the Lions have to re re understand uh, and redo their game script without Tate, and I, I don't think they've done it well enough so far. No, that, that you know that's kind of a shock to the system. I think I imagine that this, that's the kind of move that like the offensive coordinator wasn't clued in on. Yeah, and, and Matt Stafford, is it's going to be tough for him going forward, especially because he's playing teams like Chicago Bears in, uh, in week... Um, this week. In week 10, which is going to have more pressure, especially with Khalil Mack you know, in. And there's nobody to pass it off to in Tate that's actually able to do well in spaces. So um, he's going to get beat up as much as somebody can be in 2018 Yeah, as a quarterback. Hey, I mean, Stafford got sacked 10 times last week. That's what I said. I don't expect it to be... Any different, really? Nope. So, uh, so the Lions should be interesting, but the guys you have like Jones and Galladay, who should do really well, um, that's really going to be dependent on the matchup and how often Stafford gets to sit in the pocket for longer than two seconds before pressure is right up his sleeve. Um, the Saints signed Des Bryant. So, Jason, you want to talk a little bit about Des? Um, so. Des uh, is a guy that we were kind of poking fun at a little bit last week when we said, hey, he's got uh, three routes. But he's on a team like the Saints, and the Saints are a different kind of team. So right now they're 7-1. Seven, seven and one. They have the seven-game win streak. They only lost in week one to the greatest case of Fitzmagic that we've seen in years. <laughs> uh, so No one expects expect... the Fitzmagic. Thank you. Is that what you're going to say? Yes. Okay. I like your answer. <laughs> Uh, so yes, sir. The yes, Saints, sir. 
the Saints have Michael <laughs> Thomas, and they have a very precipitous drop-off after Michael Thomas. So clearly they needed someone. Um, uh, is it, your, your stat here is awesome. Michael Thomas is the only receiver on the team with more than 12 catches. Yeah, how is that? Season. Crazy, right? That is – I'm surprised that Elvin Kamara uh, – well, I guess you say He's not a receiver. Right, right, right. Well, basically Elvin Kamara is the WR2. But but you should put that in your uh, in your column. What's really interesting is that is that all of the people that the Saints are trying to get to be a number two receiver, none of them are good enough. Yeah. Traquan Smith, Cameron Meredith, uh, all the guys that they've tried to bring in, they've tried to get the ball, not good enough. Michael Thomas, superstar. Everyone else, plebeian. So De- with Des Bryant, um, I-, I was listening to I listened to too much like podcasts and sports radio. I wish I could credit uh, the right person, but they were pointing out that he'll probably play in the slot a bunch, uh, and, and it's because they're going to teach him how to play in the slot. You know, instead of being a, a team that is going to go to the World Series games on their bye week, like the Clapper, uh, there's going to be someone on the Saints who is going to be there specifically to teach Des Bryant football the way the Saints do it. And actually, uh, last year, for example, Des Bryant played more in the slot than he had ever done before as uh, Dallas was trying to transition him from being more of an outside guy to, in his older days, being more of a slot possession guy. And being a slot receiver is like cheating in this league. <laughs> so, especially a huge guy like Des Bryant. You can get eight, this could eight be receptions a game. Like, exactly. It could be amazing. Yeah, this could be very special. Uh, it's all about Drew Brees sort of connecting with him. However, the slot receiver right now is Elvin Kamara. Yeah, basically. But he lines up <laughs> out of the backfield instead of in the slot. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um, if anyone can make it work, it's Drew Brees, right? I think we both think that, uh, that Des Bryant is someone that's going to take a while to catch on. If they do really well, it could be great. But, uh, but that they're going to try to change his fundamental way of playing. And I know that Des Bryant will sign on because, one, there was nowhere else to go. And, two, he might win a Super Bowl with this team. Yeah, and... He gets to play the Cowboys still this year. Like in two weeks, right? I think so. <laughs> I think that New Orleans is playing them So soon. if you're ever starting Des Bryant, revenge game. Revenge game. So, I mean, that makes perfect sense, right? So they play the Bengals this week. They play the Eagles next week. They play the Cowboys in week 13. So that's just enough time for Des to really get up to speed with everything. Okay. Uh, two quick notes. Uh, one, Gronkowski and uh, Sony Michelle are slated to be back in week 10. Uh, we'll watch the news and injury reports and give any updates possible on the Twitter channel, of course, through the podcast and the website, drink5.com. Also, uh, um, I was going to say Marlon Mack. Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson are also looking to be back in Week 10. Yeah. So here's a couple, uh, well, uh, several fantasy guys that could all do damage that will all be back in Week 10. And what's interesting is, uh, Gronkowski, let's talk for 30 seconds about him. Yeah. So he, he's obviously an amazing, uh, athletically gifted specimen in this league who has been just unbelievable. But Josh Gordon, I think, is cutting into uh, some of the things that he used to do. And I think that Gronkowski might literally just be slipping out of, uh, of what he was. He's just unable to do those things on a regular basis. Gronkowski has played uh, seven games this year. Four of those games, his 51 yards or fewer. He scored a touchdown in week one. That's his only score this year. He's still making good catches, but he's not Gronkowski. You know, it's 
is, is he is he hurt? Is he playing hurt? Is how long can you play like Rob Gronkowski? Right? I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I don't know. He still was on pace almost to get a thousand yards this year. Yeah. So he, he is still the number ten uh, tight end overall in standard Yahoo leagues. He's Brady's homie. I don't expect like a lot to go wrong with Gronkowski unless he's hurt. But he's not a standout top tight end this year. So uh, against the Titans in, in his two games in his career against him, he averages eight and a half targets per game. So just like usual, if he plays, he's going to have the ball thrown to him. Um, it's all about can he get a little bit of separation. So I, I for my sake, <laughs> because I have him in several teams, I hope that he can rebound a little. Uh, Sony Michelle, if he's healthy and starting, you should start him. Uh, the New England Patriots backfield is something of nightmares, except Fantasy for nightmares. except for James White, who's been great for the past uh, five or six weeks. However, uh, with Barner and Patterson and White and Michelle, if if they're all able to be healthy and participating, that makes this exactly what it used to be, which is you have no idea what's going to happen, man. Good luck. Yeah, I'm going into the injury for Michelle, uh, he had three games with at least 98 yards, scored four touchdowns over that span. He was clearly the guy that they wanted to give the ball to 20 times a game. Because it was, it was White and Michelle, yeah. And if there is a guy like that, because White is not that great at running the ball. He's amazing catching the pass. Catching it out of the backfield. No, I'm saying White is the backfield guy. He gets seven, eight receptions a game, right. and then you have a running back. Yeah, Michelle's only got four catches on the right game. now. You He's have not Patterson you that way, right? So, but the question is, when he comes back, is it going to also be like Patterson and Michelle? Because you don't I really... doubt it. I don't think that Cordero Patterson knows any pass protections. So yes, we think that Michelle will be back, and if he comes back and he's healthy, then you've got to slot him back in your lineup. Um, Khalil Mack, of course, uh, we're not really talking about IDP on this show, but he is just awesome. The Bears' defense is not something you can pick up because they are just awesome. And, <laughs> Last uh, week they were number one. And Allen Robinson, here's a guy who had uh, a good game um, and then had a groin injury and hasn't been around for a while. The Bears' offense is chaotic. I do think that Allen Robinson will do well towards the end of the season, and I still don't think that he's a drop if you happen to have him, and I think he's a pickup if he's on the wire. However, uh, he's not someone that you can look at player trends and determine how he's going to do because ultimately the Trubisky offense has been passing so differently than we're used to to different players every game, it, it spreading the ball out. It's it's difficult to determine what they actually care about. I I think it's I think that Nagy is a, an excellent coach because it feels to me like a lot of these wins that the Bears are picking up are because of the play calling. Because their play calling is very unpredictable and they're able to execute that, um, that is sort of giving them an extra couple of touchdowns per game. So I, I like where the Bears are going. I mentioned earlier that there's three teams that are – head and shoulders above the rest. I don't want to even imply that the Bears are one of the best teams in the league, but... Um, Incorrect, sir. W- you know, if they had more <laughs> talent, they they could... Yes. You know, they could develop this talent and become one of the better teams in the league. Oh, they're climbing up the steps. Yeah. So have you guessed yet? 
If you haven't, I'm sorry. Maybe you don't like Pearl Jam. Maybe you do. But if you're listening to this uh, during or after the broadcast, send an email over to Dave at Drink5.com or Jason at Drink5.com and let us know what you think the theme is tonight. Clearly, it's Pearl Jam. But why? <laughs> why did we decide why on is Pearl, it Pearl Jam? Jam? Are you from the 90s? What is it, Pearl Jam? Do you like the 90s? When is it Pearl Jam? Have I given too many hints? Probably. <laughs> so I'd like to talk uh, in the second half of the podcast about those players in the second half of the season that I think could step up and really make your fantasy team something to be proud of, uh, something that could turn around the fantasy team or could bring you to a bye week. At Keep least you ahead of everyone else. Put you in the playoffs. Or um, if your team is not doing so well, it already is going into week 10. So, you know, you could have a team that hasn't had any wins or only a couple. Well, you want to play spoiler. I really appreciate that. I think everybody should if they're at that point. You should still keep going because you don't want to be a Oakland Raider, you know. <laughs> don't be a Gruden. Don't don't aspire don't to be, be a Gruden. Don't aspire to be a Gruden. It's a Gruden's really like at this point it should be um a Gruden should be like a monster in the Lord of the Rings world or something. <laughs> Oh, it's a Gruden. Oh, that's 10 years of bad luck. Get it, Gandalf. <laughs> Kill it with fire. Um, so I'm going to talk about just a couple guys and why I think they are really good pickups or acquisitions you should trade for. A lot of these guys are available in um, quite a few leagues, and some of them aren't available in your league. But because the trade deadline in most leagues is this weekend, you could still be trading for them. And I encourage everyone, by the way, to make sure that if there are trades that you can do, if there are people that are willing to, uh, to listen to your offers, etc., you should do them right now because you're going to regret it if you don't later. Start wheeling and dealing, folks. I mean, you should have done it last week, but yes, absolutely. So let's start with Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook appears to be all systems go once more. Really interesting stat from this past game. He had a 70-yard run at 22 miles per hour, which is actually the fastest recorded run for the entire season of all running backs or wide receivers. He got out there quick. What's amazing is that someone caught him. He didn't score on that run. (laughs) He went that fast and someone caught him. You're right. So fastest probably defense recorded (laughs) and offense. Maybe the defense has had a really good angle. Or the camera was off that day. Uh, but <laughs> No, they have chips in their pads. It measures it. Look, clearly uh, he's done really well uh, like from the past week. And the thing is, he didn't have gaudy stats besides the 70-yard run. But uh, from what I've heard from, uh, from team pundits, etc., from looking at the practices, he is clearly the number one guy again. And we should look to see Latavius Murray taking a back seat. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we'll see going forward something like you know, 20, 15 to 20 carries for Dalvin and like uh, uh, 8 to 12 carries for Latavius if they have a ton of running back carries. But basically it's a 2 to 1 kind of split over there. So I think he's owned in 92% of Yahoo leagues, but he could still be acquired via trade because his stats were not that great. He only had 10 rushes for 89 yards and 4 receptions for 20. Me, Dave, mm-hmm. I'm telling you that Delvin Cook is healthy and you need him because he's awesome at football. <laughs> but if you don't trade for him now, his next game, he's going to be an RB1 and it'll be impossible to get him. You're going to have to eat his running his bye week, uh, week 10, if you trade for him right now. Uh, they play the Bears and then the Packers and the uh, Patriots after that. So... 
um, decent matchups, I would say. Uh, the Chicago matchup doesn't, you know, knock my socks off. But, um, you know, last year, Delvin Cook was very good. Um, two touchdowns in four games, 354 yards, averaged 88 yards a game, 4.8 yards per carry. He's a killer, man. Yeah, he's good. And and he, he obviously to stay on the field. He obviously was not ready earlier, and the Vikings obviously had a misstep trying to bring him back in. I think in week four or something like that. Yeah. Um, and they had him for a couple of carries, and he and he wasn't feeling well. Well, all these teams should learn their lessons. If you have someone like Delvin Cook, if you've got someone uh, who's uh, a top five, top ten uh, at his position, you can't just bring him back when you feel like it. Don't Leonard Fournette him, you know. <laughs> you have to just let him sit until he's absolutely sure he's fine. Healthy. That's what the that's what the Patriots have been doing with Sony Michelle. Yeah. So so Delvin Cook, my uh, judgment is you need to pick him up. Uh, well, you probably can't, but you need to trade for him, acquire him because people are still low on him. They still don't believe in him. But that run. Um, there's a lot of leagues um, in in fantasy that don't have waivers, and I don't agree with those leagues anymore. I used to. I used to be a supporter. We could have another show about that. <laughs> but but a lot of of uh, a lot of Dalvin Cooks were picked up immediately after that run uh, on uh, on Sunday. I'm sure and, if he was available anywhere, he is he's now 92 percent owned. Yes, in Yahoo. Okay, let's move on. The next guy I want to bring up, and there's five of them. Number two uh, is uh, Marquez Valdez uh, Scantling. And I put a Z at the end of the middle name. It's an S, I believe. Uh, there's, a, there's a Z on Marquez. Yeah, not on Valdez. And there's a, a hyphen in between Valdez Scantling. Yes. Uh, but people and there's are... an umlaut over the E in the Valdez. All right, you shut up. <laughs> there's there's people calling him MVS. Um, the the name that I've been interested in lately on on Reddit and forums and and online at uh, PFF and some other places is Scantron. I like Scantron. Scantron. Yeah. Interesting. Instead of Scantron. Because he's a number two pencil. Well, I don't know his relationship with number two <laughs> pencils, but I just I like the idea that he's he's like a. Uh, Okay, I got to get off this subject. <laughs> so Valdez Scantling has been playing very well in standard scoring. He's over ten points for the last four weeks in standard. What more could you ask for? And he's a good standard guy because he gets a lot of yards and not a ton of receptions. Uh, stats you should be um, you should be aware of. He's six four, huge for a receiver. Runs a four three nine forty yard dash. Amazing for a guy of that height. He has over a hundred yards or a touchdown in each of his past four games. Fantastic. Oh, he has an awesome birthday as well. What's his birthday? Well, guess, if I think it's so awesome. Same as your birthday. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so he's born in October, folks. That's that's what you need to know here. There we go. Um, he, he literally um, becomes the number two receiver there because Geronimo Allison, who I actually like Geronimo. I watched him all year. I thought he was going to be the guy, but he is now um, on injured reserve, won't come back until the playoffs, so he's out for the rest of – fantasy football um standard and playoffs and so um so scantron yeah, have to make the playoffs to make that relevant well make it relevant in in the nfl but clearly Allison's on ir he won't be coming back for the fantasy football season well that's what he just said right but, but clearly clearly uh um scantron is going to be valid and a number two receiver for the rest of the packers season um injury dependent and i think that he 
as a number two receiver for Aaron Rodgers, is now going to continue his streak of 100 yards or a touchdown in each game for the rest of the season. And really, those four games are the only four where he's really been involved in the offense. Before that, he had one catch per game at best. Yep. So now that he's being targeted on a regular basis and he you know, is being more trusted by Aaron Rodgers, this is the number two guy that you know you've expected to see out of the Packers offense. Yep, and listen up. 6'4 guy, under 4'4", 40, number two to Aaron Rodgers. How much more do you need, folks? 21 yards per catch this year. He's only 61% owned in Yahoo leagues, which means he's available in one of your leagues right now. What a rookie. So, uh, like Jason and I, we're, we're in you know six, seven, eight, nine leagues. Maybe you're only in one, maybe you're in two, but odds are that uh, it's possible that he's either available or could be acquired. He's not available in any of my leagues because you picked him up everywhere. Well, if you're in leagues with me, <laughs> I have I have Scantron everywhere. I'm sorry. So he's received a 24% bump in the last day. He's now 62% owned in Yahoo leagues. I like to message Jason with my favorite picks right after I uh, acquired like, them. I have higher priority than you. Or done. Well, it would be bad if I had a higher priority. <laughs> but but like Des Bryant, I was like uh, I was like I looked. Eh, uh, do you want Des Bryant? Go ahead. <laughs> He's Pro tip, Des Bryant's around. I don't know if you want him or not. <laughs> hey, you, you tipped me off in a few leagues that you're not in to Chris Godwin earlier in the year. Uh, that's been a nice bench guy. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, he's not he's not killing it right now. But I think maybe him and Fitz can get along better at the end of the season. Yeah, if they would pick a quarterback in Tampa Bay, that would help. Yeah, and, and, and Dynasty is better than redraft because Godwin will definitely be much better when Deshaun Jackson leaves. Oh, I concur. But right now, he's still uh, uh, he's a WR3 that can sometimes uh, achieve like WR1-2 numbers. Um, let's talk about number three, right? Duke Johnson. Uh, Duke. <laughs> so, so we know about the Browns. We know what's happening with the Browns, and sometimes those changes in coaching are what people need to just break out of the position that they're in. So, this has happened before many times. Uh, Todd Haley, who was the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns before he got sacked unceremoniously, along with Hugh Jackson. Maybe it was ceremoniously. I would have preferred that Cleveland had a whole ceremony and a parade and like did all that, you know. <laughs> if like Bud Light put a bunch of beer in there, we're going to open these coolers when you guys finally fire your stupid head coach. Oh, see, that would be an even better. Yeah. Can you imagine if there was like a giant Hugh Jackson float that then exploded and there was candy just coming out of it? <laughs> they should have done that for sure. Oh, man. But. Uh, the new offensive coordinator, Freddie Kitchens, was a running backs coach for the Browns, and he's probably got a little Nick Chubb on for Duke Johnson uh, because he like had said, he had nine that? receptions on nine targets. He caught every single uh, uh, target that he was given for 78 yards and two touchdowns in Week 9. Now, that's a breakout for him. It's but, a hell of a game. But he's had good games in the past, just not this year. Every other game this year, he's maxed out at four receptions per game and has yet to score a touchdown. However, this game, he had nine receptions and two touchdowns. Now, what does that tell you, Jason? Tell me, tell me what that tells you. It tells me that they didn't want to use him before, and now they do. Yep. And we talked about this a little bit last week. They literally had to trade Carlos Hyde away in order to use the players that the GM actually wanted to use. Right. And that's, you know, a difference between the GM and the coach, but... The GM's right here. Duke Johnson is great. His catch percentage is phenomenal. I did not know this. This year is one of his lower years. He's at 76.3% catch percentage. He's an amazing running back out of the backfield. He has five games this year where he has caught all of his targets. 
That's the only guy off the top of my head who I can think of who's better than that is Michael Thomas. Or maybe Alvin Kamara or something. Right, right. I mean, these guys who... But top guys. Yeah, I mean, he's... Everything that goes his way, he's catching, which is so great when you have a rookie quarterback and they need a safety blanket. And and you should know out there, you know, if you're worried about D, uh, Duke Johnson, if you dumped him from your team, if you're worried about picking him up, he's open. He's uh, available in seventy percent of Yahoo leagues. But the reason why people are not grabbing him—he's available him, in seventy percent of Yahoo leagues. Oh, I'm sorry, only owned in seventy percent of Yahoo okay. leagues. So thirty percent. So much like um, um, uh, Scantron, for example, he's probably owned in your league, but he might not be. So so check. But Duke Johnson is a guy that you could try to acquire. The problem with that right now is that he's going to have a really high value. But I think Jason and I both agree that Duke Johnson going forward, there's no real reason why he wouldn't be a top 15 running back PPR for the rest of the year. Because I expect him to get five, six, seven receptions a game, every game for the rest of the year, and touchdowns probably 50% of the time. I Yeah, I mean, last year he had 74 catches. Uh, I don't see why he wouldn't be using the same kind of clip. So in uh, in a PPR league, that makes him an RB2, basically. In a standard league, that makes him a flex uh, flex play at the least. So he is someone that not only should you have on your bench, you should probably be starting him. And this offense is tough for us to, to say, please go ahead and start these guys, Baker Mayfield and Antonio Callaway. And you know what? I don't think you start any of them. But you start Duke Johnson and Nick Chubb. Yeah, and they play Atlanta this week, and Atlanta has a bad defense. Oh, Just because Washington couldn't take advantage of it doesn't mean it's not still a fact. Better than that, my friend. The Falcons actually are worst in the league against passes in the backfield. Nice. Worst nice. in the league. Yeah, that's... And what did Duke Johnson get last week? Nine receptions on nine targets in the backfield for 78 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's phenomenal. So what does that mean for us? That would mean it would be a disappointing... A disappointing week for Duke Johnson if he doesn't catch at least five receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown. Amen, man. I mean, they're 29th in the league in passing yards and touchdowns allowed. The the Falcons defense are... So uh, halfway through here, we've got two more guys to discuss um, that are guys I think will can help you through the uh, the back half of the season. Um, again, I hope you guys are are really enjoying Drink5.com, all the contributors that we have. Um, I have rankings up at FantasyPros.com. Uh, now that we're doing a little bit of self promotion, yes, uh, shamedly, I'm sorry. Uh, Twitter, follow us at Drink5. Shameless, Dave, shameless. Jason at Drink5. What did I say? Unashamed. Unashamedly? I don't know. Oh, that's like reverse. Uh, no, I can't do that. That's bad. Shameless promotion. Shameless self-promotion. Does that work? That works. Shameless self-promotion. Um, also, that show is fantastic. So. <sighs> I like all the shameless actors I'm finding in other shows that I watch now. Like uh, like Home. Like the guy in Homecoming. Like Homecoming, yeah. And his uh, another guy is in a show called Castle Rock on Hulu. So shout-outs to Castle Rock, Homecoming, and Shameless. Oh, right on. When you're not watching football, you got to watch something, right? That's true. That's our tagline for uh, for our next show. Anyway, uh, I do think that Duke Johnson is a great pickup. Um, please go and check out all of our content on Drink 5. And the next guy I have, number four, is a guy who's an undrafted free agent this year. So his name is Josh Adams. Are you familiar with Josh Adams, Jay? Um, vaguely. Tell me more, Dave. He's only 12% owned in Yahoo League, so most people are not familiar with him. Right. Now, here is a guy, um, as opposed to the others, where he's probably unowned in your league. 
12%. That's crazy. This is a risky move, but what you often find and what we're not able to, to always expound on because sometimes uh, we just don't have the time or we don't catch those players or they're not available when we're doing the podcast is that those players that are on buy, um, when everybody else is picking up free agents, etc., looking into a performance that was really good trending up but hasn't reached the pinnacle of breakout yet. That's what Josh Adams is. Yeah. So let's talk about this. He's a, uh, un, un, uh undrafted free agent that was promoted from the taxi squad in late September after uh, Jay Ajayi's injury, which is a torn ACL. So we know that Jay Ajayi is the, is the, is the lead running back there. Uh, we had guys uh, like Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement. Both of those guys tried to fill in that position. But both of them over the last couple of weeks have not been very good. They have failed to impress. And the person who has risen up to the top of that RB collective in Philadelphia is Josh Adams. So a lot of hype from the beat writers that I pay attention to uh, from the Eagles camp. And a lot of information out there about him getting more of the first... Uh, uh, first team carries, etc. More work there. Yeah. So going forward with this refreshed Eagles team after that bye in week nine, uh, we're looking at uh, a bunch of new toys in Philadelphia. Josh Adams, running back. Of course, who, Golden Tate. Who had uh, 61 yards on nine rushes in week eight, which was more and better uh, performing than either of the other running backs that were filling in for Ajayi. And then, yes, Golden Tate being traded there from the Lions is going to open that up a little bit because as much as the Lions are missing a great slot receiver, so were the Eagles. And now the Eagles have one of the best slot receivers in the entire league. So with Golden Tate opening that up and putting a guy who could be um, you know, uh, an RB1, RB2 for the rest of the season as a fill-in, I would say it is more than worth it risking the bottom of your bench for a guy that could totally go ahead show up and carry your team to the league playoffs yeah i like josh adams uh on paper he has a small sample size but 21 carries for 107 yards is good for 5.4 yards per attempt anytime you're above that four and a half mark uh you're the kind of person that they can use on an every down basis well the eagles also don't seem to want to have a committee and they want to like settle upon someone who is good enough but it's not really working out for them they want someone as a main guy to compliment Darren Sproles and they need Darren Sproles to be healthy in order to do that. Um, so as long as Josh Adams can keep Carson Wentz from getting creamed, uh, you know, picking up a couple of blitzes, I think that he'll be getting a lot more use. It only makes sense. There's nobody there to like demand the carries. Yeah. So this is the riskiest one that I bring up, but it's also the biggest reward. And if you do have someone on the bottom of your bench, who you can just go ahead and and drop. And even if you don't, we're going to go over some of those drops in a minute. I think that uh, the Josh Adams is a guy that you should have on your team because it's one of those situations where if you don't have him, someone else will. And that might be the guy that carries someone over the finish line. You can pick up and hold. Would you be starting him this week? They are home against Dallas. So I have him in a league, for example. Um, not I, I'm in nine leagues. I have him in one league. Um, I, 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 I want to pick him up in other places, but when you have guys like, um, like, uh, this is what's tough, right? When you have guys like Ingram and, um, um, well, just think of borderline guys, you making that decision saying, drop him, pick up this guy. Uh, it's really hard. 
But I did pick him up in one league, and I, I do think that you guys should at least think about it. Because this is a risk-reward situation where if he plays well this week, you won't be able to pick him up. The worst team in your league or the guy with the most FAAB is going to pick him up. Yeah, I could see him becoming the hot pickup quickly. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to do that much better than he did. He only has to have like 60 yards and a touchdown. He'll suddenly be the waiver wire pickup of the week. Yep, yep. I mean, people are really scrambling for fill-ins this time of year. So don't wait. Lots it's like, it's like we talked about Calvin Ridley. We talked about other guys this season that you know you need to pick up. Once you wait on those guys, they're gone. It's just tough because oftentimes there isn't anyone who you feel is worthy of dropping on your team. And we'll get to that tonight. We'll tell you some guys who we think you can probably drop. Well, I've got one more player that I want to mention, and uh, I'll do a full write-up for the website, which you guys can see at drink5.com. But I wanted to talk about Chris Thompson. Um, I know that he's not practicing yet this week, and I, I don't see any leanings to putting him on IR or anything like that. But I see a lot of people that are dropping him or close to dropping him, and I feel like he's going to come back late in the season and do well because I don't think that AP can hold up to the amount of stress that he's been put under as an old running back. So I would just like to put that question out to Jason. Let's talk about Chris Thompson. Okay. Is that someone that you think you would hold on to or pick up to play later in the season in a PPR league? Because you know how good he was over the past couple of years. Has that suddenly just stopped, ended, disappeared? I, you know, I, I'm definitely in a holding pattern with him. Uh, I, I, you know, he started out the season great. He's injured. What can you do about that? Not much. I was a little worried that Alex Smith didn't seem to want to use him as much as he was, but part of that is because Adrian Peterson was playing so well at the beginning of the year. Sure. So any games like last week where the Redskins are trailing for most of the game, that is the bread and butter for Chris Thompson. That is where he's going to be most useful, uh, where he'll get the most action going forward. He just has to get back on the field. Um, so this year his stats haven't been too disappointing. Uh you know, last year he scored six touchdowns. The year before he had five touchdowns. He's only got one touchdown this year, um, but he is uh, still averaging six yards per touch. Um, you know, I, I I like Chris Thompson still. This is a winning team, um, and and anytime they're going to get behind, you know, against Tampa, Houston, uh, probably not Dallas, but against Tampa and Houston teams with decent de- offenses, they could definitely. Uh, um, take the lead in that game. So he's doubtful this week. It's a rib injury. It's one of those, you know, pain tolerance things perhaps. So hopefully he can get back for week 11, week 12. I mean, if he, all he needs is like a week or so to get rolling. And then he's relevant in the fantasy playoffs as a PPR monster, which is why I don't suggest you drop him. Um, and you could buy him so low right now, so low. And the trade deadline is approaching. So it's one of those things. Someone has him on their roster. You're not sure if you can pick him up. You could buy him for the lowest player on your roster. He had 13 catches in week two. I, we know what Chris Thompson can do. Yeah. We just also know what he's not doing. Right. All right. So and honor, playing football. Honorable mentions. Uh, I have uh, Allen Robinson, who, if he does come back, could become the WR run on the Bears. And you know Trubisky's chucking the ball, uh, but that team is chaotic. Elijah McGuire could be the RB1 on the Jets. And, again, there's some chaos going on there as well. However, there's going to be a number one running back there, and it's not uh, Isaiah Crowell. Come on! 
<laughs> so I I would not be surprised to see McGuire being the guy doing the touchdowns and uh, getting 80 yards a game. Yeah, it's disappointing that it's not him. And this week is Josh McCown for the Jets. Yep. Because Mr. Darnold is now week to week. One week of stability for the Jets. In a walking boot. Uh, Josh Doxson also is a guy that has uh, has impressed in the past. He's a younger guy coming into uh, a team where they're changing up at quarterback. Alex Smith might find his own here later in the season. But that is so up in the air that I didn't want to include him as a as a, as a a probability. He is definitely like a 20-30% uh, chance guy. But... He could, based on his last his last game statistics, for example, uh, continue uh, to get five, six receptions a game, maybe a touchdown, because they have lost uh, almost all of the receivers on that team. Yeah, so they're down to Maurice Harris. So it's clear that that Doxon, who has uh, had that role before, if he develops chemistry with Smith could become that number one guy. And you're talking about number one guys, you're not talking about Kelvin Benjamin. You're talking about someone who actually scores points. Kelvin Benjamin is number one at the buffet. <laughs> Always. So again, let us know if you've picked up on the uh, theme from the musical clues this evening. Does anybody know why we're playing Pearl Jam? Please let us know. I mean, there's there's two reasons, really, but we just need one of the two. There's seven reasons, but we only need one. Oh, all right. There's 12 reasons, but one will be enough. You, we are increasing your chances to win. 16 reasons to win. <laughs> 25 reasons. Pearl Jam being the theme. All right. Anybody got it? Uh, so to drop or not to drop, that is the question, right, Jay? Yeah, I, I definitely have a question about many of these guys. Okay, so the idea of this little segment for us is to go through some people that are borderline droppable. Um, some maybe past the line, some maybe before the line. Just have a quick discussion. I don't really want to do more than 30 seconds per. Let's start with quarterbacks. My first guy is Matt Stafford. So Matt Stafford is uh, 25-4-3-2-1-0. The 20th overall quarterback in standard scoring at 133.34 points. Um, Stafford has been pretty good in general in the past, uh, but getting rid of Tate, who is kind of a safety blanket, is not going to help him, and his upcoming matchups are not very pretty. Uh, Shall we talk about uh, who he has upcoming? So they play the Bears this week. He has 16 games against the Bears. He averages 264 yards a game, uh, 1.6 touchdowns, 1.1 interceptions. Those are bad stats to average against a team. Um, I would not start him this week. Do you know who he plays after that? He plays the Panthers. He's slightly better against the Panthers. In three games, he averages nearly three touchdowns a game. Um, So I don't know if it's playing up to the competition there. But one thing I noticed, uh, not relating to his matchups... Who does he play the next two games, you know? Uh, the Bears again in Week 12, and I do not know Week 13. The Rams. Oh, at least against the Rams, it's a possibility of a shootout. <laughs> but without Golden Tate, 
okay, we're throwing out the tape from week one for the Lions because they lost to the Jets. Right. Without Golden Tate, he put up his lowest quarterback rating in the season. No touchdowns for the first time this year. Uh, no interceptions, but he got sacked ten times. He had nobody that he was comfortable with just unloading the ball to. And I don't see that changing in the next few weeks. Get rid of Matt Stafford. Okay, so I, I agree. Unless you're in a two-quarterback league, uh, you dump Matt Stafford or you don't play Trade him. Trade away Matt Stafford in a two-quarterback league. Do not start Matt Stafford. You will regret it. Uh, Alex Smith is the second guy I have here. So Alex Smith uh, was was pretty good last year. Everyone thought that he would do even better going on to a team like the Redskins, who, uh, who had done pretty well before with... Kirk Cousins, yeah. but it hasn't really been the case. Um, uh, you could argue that he could maybe be slowly trending up, but how long will you ride that trend? As a fantasy football team, you need to win now, not win later. What is your opinion on this? Uh, so Alex Smith is, uh, I, I suppose, a bench guy in a two-quarterback league, um, but he's not any better than Matt Stafford, right? Where does Where's he on the list compared to Matt Stafford for standard scoring? Uh, he is actually uh, 23rd overall quarterback at 123.58, which means drop Matt or drop Alex, Alex Smith. Smith. Yeah, I mean, in a two quarterback league, his matchups are a little more encouraging. He plays the Bucks, who are have a historic, you know, a terrible pass defense this year, uh, <laughs> and then they play the Texans, and the Cowboys are falling apart. So um, perhaps in a two quarterback league, you would keep him around in case of injury, or uh, there's a couple tough bye weeks coming up in week. Week 11 is a tough buy. I think week 12 is a, a, a bye week for a few teams as well. Um, other than that, you know, I, there's not much to be excited about with Alex Smith. If Chris Thompson comes back, I expect his numbers go up a little bit. Okay, let's look at running backs. So uh, first guy on my list is Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram was fantastic over the past couple of years, and he's kind of that thunder and lightning relationship with Alvin Kamara. There is absolutely the possibility that Ingram comes back into this thing or Kamara gets injured. In any of those cases, Ingram becomes a top five running back for the rest of the season. However, right. in their current situation that we're in right now, his his rushing has gone down 16 to 12 to 13 to 9. Uh, the yardage has gone down or stayed the same. Uh, and he only scored touchdowns in week five when he came back before the week six bye. Two touchdowns. He has zero since then. And his receptions have also stayed the same or gone down this past week versus the Rams only having one reception and three yards on that reception. Nine rushes for 33 yards, zero touchdowns. I had him on a team, and I've played him for the past couple of weeks, and I feel kind of bad about it. But I'm going to say this. I don't think that he's droppable because I think that that team is still going to be back and forth. And I think if you drop him right now, they're going to play Cincinnati and he's going to score two touchdowns. I, I don't think he's startable. I don't think he's droppable. <laughs> I tend to agree with you. And the reason he's not droppable right now is because of Alvin Kamara. If Kamara gets hurt, like you said, then it's all Ingram all the time. And not only that, but he, he also gets game plan for sometimes. And it's like that terrible Patriots situation. You're right. You're right. And I'm sure, I mean, that's, it's, it's a great comparison, Dave, because it's exactly what Sean Payton does. He game plans for certain guys. That's why you see Michael Thomas with 10 catches, 12 catches, 13 catches, 4 catches. Because they don't have to game plan for certain guys certain weeks. They can uh, focus on other guys, and that sort of keeps everyone on their toes. Okay, so we're holding him, yeah? Hold, yes. 
Okay, next guy is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry came into the uh, to the year this year as someone who we thought would take over the Tennessee Titans' backfield. He would be the number one guy there, no doubt. Now it looks like Deion Lewis is the number one guy, and Henry is occasionally scoring a touchdown. Is that how you see it? I think he's droppable. Oh, he has one of the best uh, nicknames, dude. <laughs> Derrick Lamar Henry Jr.'s nickname, Tractorcito. I can't pronounce or spell that. No idea where it comes from or what that means, but Tractorcito is uh, something I'm going to have to look into. So do we drop him? Yeah, I am not. They're using Deion Lewis a lot more than they were earlier in the year, and Deion Lewis is putting up decent fantasy games each week. Um, Deion Lewis is the guy you want to have. Derrick Henry, not worthy of a handcuff. They have tried with Derrick Henry finally this year. Well, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is now the touchdown vulture, which you don't want. You don't want touchdown vulture. He just scored one last week where yeah, he had like Dion one had a rushing yard. No, no, I, I'm just saying uh, you don't want to have that guy on your team. Right, right, right. Where, Unless you're in that stupid league where only touchdowns count. Yeah, and and then maybe you keep him, but we're not talking about that league because it's stupid. It is stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> Corey Clements. Uh, he rushed four times for six yards and caught one pass for negative one yard. Is he running in wet cement? In week eight. <laughs> uh, over the past three games, six, seven, and eight, he rushed for 11, oh, eight. Here's his name, Corey Concrete Shoes Clement. Okay, over the past four games uh, that he played in, he rushed for 16 times, 11 times, eight times, and four times. If that is not a player trend, I don't know what is. That's what you like to see, Dave. Yes, get rid of Clement. If you don't already have him uh, uh, on the on the waiver wire, please ditch Clement. Corey Clement, only owned in 28% of leagues now. Let's talk about Rashad Penny. Uh, how do you feel about Rashad Penny this year? And I know you, I think you have him in Dynasty. So don't touch on Dynasty because anyone you, can be you good. You mean Dynasties, plural? You have him multiples. Do you feel bad about that? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Okay, well, look, Chris Carson and Nine Mike. Nine weeks into the season, I'm ready to admit buyer's remorse on that one. Chris Carson and Mike Davis are clearly taking all of the Seattle backfield. But Rashad Penny is the rookie that came in that maybe would have capitalized. But but he's doing nothing, right? So cut his ass in redraft leagues. <laughs> so there's no reason to have Penny, correct? Right. Cut his ass in redraft leagues. You know, he's only averaging four point three yards per touch. You know, that's including his catches. It's not impressive this year. Uh that is a volume based running offense, and he has no part of it. So he is not you know, unless there's injuries, he's not gonna be getting the ball this year. Hold on to him in Dynasty because that's how Dynasty leagues work. But get rid of him otherwise. <laughs> okay, next guy I have is uh, is Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick on the Lions. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Uh, Theo Riddick has been great in the backfield for the Lions historically. He's been on Detroit since 2013. If you look at his stats over the past couple years, he's averaged about uh, 50 to 60 receptions per year. He had one really big year in 2015. Um, I think... If you look at his uh, statistics from the first game that Golden Tate was gone, he got seven uh, receptions on eight targets. But we talked about earlier, the problem is he only got 36, 36 yards, yards on yeah. so he's And oh, no carries. So. so he's literally not the running back. on Johnson is the running back. Detroit yeah. has decided. The only reason why you would roster Theo Riddick is if you're in a PPR one-point league, not a half-point, and you want a guy for like a flex position and a bi-week fill-in. Right, and one of the more interesting things about Theo Riddick in previous years was that he was actually part of the goal line offense, but they have LeGarrette Blunt now to do that. 
Right. So they don't need him for the goal line. They don't need him to be a running back. All they need him for is to try to fill in where they lost, and they're doing a bad job at that. He's a really short slot receiver who's too slow to be a slot receiver, and it's not going to last past this year, in my opinion. I don't think they keep him going forward. Nope, I don't think so either. Uh, so uh, Graham actually in the chat room, he he asks, um, is, is Bell droppable? I've always wanted to roster two kickers. <laughs> I find that very funny. Uh, honestly, you can't drop Bell I until... I assume that Graham has, uh, what's his face, um, Mr. Tucker on one of his teams. You can't drop Bell until this next Tuesday where we find out if he will actually be playable at all during this season. Um, yeah, if you held on to him for this long, then go yes, ahead and hold don't on drop to him, for him week. now. Um, I think Jason and I would agree one that we don't want to spend too much time talking about it. Two that um, that Bell, if he comes back now, will probably have some kind of an intermediary or or sideline or cooperative role with Connor on the offense. It would be absurd to not play Connor, right? Um, and and three, there's a possibility that they don't play him at all. So doesn't look good for Bell, but don't drop him until next week. That's fine. I, I totally concur. Um, let's look at wide receivers. Uh, Le'Veon Bell for all of you who are unsure. Not Kristen Bell. Yeah, that's uh, different. Kristen Bell is a hold for different sure. Different fantasy league. She's got very strong stats in <laughs> season three of The Good Place. That's absolutely true. Okay, wide receiver Randall Cobb. I, in particular think that uh, that Randall Cobb is droppable. I think that he is now the number four receiver, basically, and a lot of people agree with me, including Roto World, uh, b- uh, behind Devontae Adams, uh, Scantron, MVS, uh, and Jimmy Graham. So why have the number four guy? Maybe because Aaron Rodgers, but honestly, game-to-game basis, he's not going to score touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers likes him. I don't think that the coach likes him. Because they're not putting him in position to succeed, um, you know he should be uh, playing all of his snaps out of the slot. He should be running slants. Um, it should be short stuff over the middle for Rogers to drop or not to drop. Oh boy, I, I am considering starting him in a league <laughs> this week. Just You're going to lose just to show how slim I am at wide receiver. You're going to lose there. that game, my friend. I you know <laughs> his season total is crap, man. 26 catches for 258 yards, only one touchdown on You the would year. not keep anyone else unless his name was Randall Cobb. You're right. I wouldn't. Drop him. And he's not playing the Bears anytime soon. Honestly, if and you're... the Bears if, are the team that he smokes. So. If you're in a must-win matchup, pick somebody else up. You have to agree with me. You have to drop Randall Cobb. He's We've n- mentioned several wide receivers tonight that I would rather start than Randall Cobb. You've okay. convinced me. I'm not dropping him in that league, but I probably won't start him. He's not dropping him, but he says he's 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 getting closer to dropping him. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, I guess. So Taylor Gabriel um, has had a good amount of receptions each game. He probably averages around five receptions per game. He's had a max uh, um, in like week three and four, where he had six and seven receptions, uh, and five receptions in week six for 34, 104, and 110 yards, respectively, uh, with two touchdowns. But keep in mind that the only touchdowns he scored were in Week 4 when he was played specifically. Uh, and, and those were his only two on the year. And game scheme, too. Besides Week 3, 4, and 6, if you take that out, he's not a playable wide receiver in the NFL fantasy football. Yeah, he's getting a lot more action this year than he ever has in his career. You're right. Four point six uh, receptions per game is more than double what he or 
about double any uh, of his other years. But if you take out the outlier weeks, you have a receiver who is not playable week to week. Uh, because of his yardage, it's just it's terrible. Yeah, 25, 30, 34, 26, 52, 45. Yeah. So uh, no touchdowns during those weeks, only a couple of receptions, not even in PPR because you're only going to get like five to six points from it's him. It's that Bears offense. It's very unpredictable. Yeah, but and it, there aren't any studs to lean on. Yes, correct. So drop Taylor Gabriel, correct? Yes, especially because he's banged up at the moment, and he's probably not going to be uh, all the way healthy. He'll be playing, but he won't be all the way healthy because they're you know with Allen Robinson banged up and now Taylor Gabriel, they're short at wide receiver. All right, let's talk about Robbie Anderson. 2017 guy had almost a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. Who was he playing with? Josh McCown. Yeah. Who's he playing with right now? It's going to be Josh McCown. For one week? For one week. And one week only, you get Robbie Anderson with Josh McCown against the Bills. Oh, my God. Perfect. So should we we say this? Start Robbie Anderson this week and then drop him. (laughs) (laughs) Drop him. Um, Oh, boy. He averages about 2.75 receptions per game. For a yardage of like 50, and he scored three touchdowns, but those were over only two games, which means that every game, just like Taylor Gabriel, in fact, worse than Taylor Gabriel, he averages a terrible amount of fantasy points. Last year, Robbie had seven touchdowns. Um, and we we faced the facts. With McCown. There's yeah. a new quarterback there, Sam Darnold. For whatever reason, he doesn't like or can't throw him the deep ball. Uh, but if Josh McCown is starting this week, I think he throws it to Robbie Anderson if Robbie Anderson starts, correct? Yeah, especially because they don't have a Nunwa, uh, you know, there, there's nobody there who he's familiar with. So it's got to be Anderson. Whoever, yeah. Whoever practices with McCown this week is going to be the one who's getting catches. Well, we don't know uh, who's going to start. It looks like Anunua might be held back or might start. Um, we know Robbie McCown Anderson. Is starting, and yeah, Robbie Anderson was limited, etc. But I think you're right. I think the Jets have a good week this week with McCown. And even though some teams have a hard time going back to their former quarterback, I mean, Josh McCown is 39 years old and the Jets suck. They're going to go back to their former. Yeah, quarterback. it'll be a pretty smooth transition, I think. <laughs> no, I, one's, you know, no one's going to be complaining about that. You're not going to notice, like, oh god, there's a huge drop off from Sam Darnold. You know, what's what's the big difference? He's going to throw fewer interceptions. But I I agree with you. I I don't, if you have Robbie Anderson this week, or if you need a pickup for a bye week supplement, if he does play and is healthy enough, not a bad week to do it with McCown reunited and it feels so good. It could be pretty good. Uh, we got Kenny Stills on Miami. Uh, Jason, tell us a little bit about Miami and how you feel about them. Oh boy, they've got the Brock Lobster throwing, you know, slinging dimes there, right? Um, Kenny Stills this year, uh, the last three games, one catch per game. <laughs> he had one game where he had five yards, but there was a touchdown for him in that game at least. Earlier this year, it looked like he had such promise. <laughs> the first three games of the year. He had a combined uh, nine receptions, an average of three receptions per game for about 70 yards and a touchdown. And that's awesome. Yeah. But after that, it just slowly died like a plant that you never water. <laughs> 
That is Kenny Stills in a nutshell. <laughs> so poor Kenny. He's 26 years old and he's pour on one the out Dolphins. Pour for Kenny and drop his ass. Don't pour it on the table though. That's uh, it's bad on for business. On your laptop. Bad for business. Bad for business. <laughs> so we say drop Kenny Stills. Hold on to Robbie Anderson for one more week if you want to. Um, uh, Michael Crabtree is the last guy on the list. He is the uh, last arc- wide receiver on the list. Yes, arguably the number one wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. I would argue, if we're arguing, that John Brown is that guy. Okay, well, why don't we look at John Brown's last couple games. Sure. Uh, He had one game where he had seven for 134 and a touchdown. Besides that, uh, Crabtree has definitely been the possession receiver for that team. But if you want to call him A-B, fine with me, because neither of them are really startable in my offense. Neither of them are anywhere near A-B, dude. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Crabtree, 4.6 catches per game for 52 yards a game. Uh, Michael Brown, 3.8 catches per game, 66 yards uh, per game. Four touchdowns as well for Brown, only two for uh crabtree i feel like brown is the target that uh joel flacco loves to try and draw defensive pass interference calls yeah so um you know that's probably the most frustrating part about having wide receivers from the ravens on your team what was what was great oh deep pass to my guy oh of course it's just to try and draw a flag but i mean look at crabtree over the past couple years he had some really great years as a possession receiver uh, when he was with Oakland, he played almost all the games, uh, and he had between 600 and 1,000 yards per season with eight, eight, and nine touchdowns. That's just not going to happen this yeah. year with Joe Flacco. He's not going to do very well, and uh, and that's all there is to it. Yes, it's not that kind of offense. So I say you drop Michael Crabtree because he's not going in a good direction. Right. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, the Ravens themselves, just talk about firing Harbaugh. <laughs> I love it as a Steelers fan. You got to, I mean, look at look at Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Cleveland. I'm just so happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a good decade for the Steelers. Sort of. I mean, except for the Patriots. But yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's move on. You mentioned it, not me. So Rob Gronkowski, uh, limited in Wednesday's practice. He didn't play last week. He didn't play... Um, uh, or, or sorry, he uh, he may not play this week. There's he skipped not... week seven and nine. And if you look at his stats over the year, do you have averages? Because you seem to have better stats than me on averages. Uh, yeah, so he the... has four catches per game, 64 yards per game this year. But the first first week... And only the one touchdown. First week versus Houston, Gronk goes seven for 123 and a touchdown. And you say, sure, Gronk's going to Gronk, right? Sure, Gronk Gronk's all the time. <laughs> and now look at him now where he gets four receptions for like, what was it, 40 yards, 50 yards? If if that no I touchdowns because he only scored one touchdown the first week and that's it. Four of his games are fifty one yards or under. So would it be stupid? Would it be stupid to drop Gronkowski to pick up uh, one of those tight ends that we talked about earlier? One of those tight ends that are trending up now. Would that be stupid? He's one of the he he's maybe the only player on this list where I could find a reason to start him, to hold him, and to drop him. <laughs> like I, sure if you've got a few good options available on the waiver wire and you just need to make some space on your roster i don't think that dropping rob gronkowski is a stupid move i don't think that it's going to let someone else win i don't think that it's going to cause you to lose yeah but what you're saying is you're not going to drop rob gronkowski i've seriously considered it in certain places <laughs> but i'm also probably going to start him in others if he plays oh man because he 
good Gronk. Yeah, and he is playing against Tennessee and the Jets. Uh, both of those teams have uh, middle-of-the-road defenses. Um, could be good, could be bad. Then he has uh, Minnesota in Week 13. He does have a bye week in Week 11. So here's my thinking. Uh, I, I think he's maybe a hold into Tennessee because he does have a bye week in Week 11. If he does badly in Tennessee as well and you're starting him, yeah. you've got to get rid of him. Or the if guy. he doesn't even play this week. Just get rid of him. Yeah. At what point will he suddenly be better? Like, Is there any season where Gronk has only scored one touchdown? No. He no. has a four and a three, but those are both seasons where he started six games. Yeah, so clearly he's not the Gronk of old, period. He is not the same guy. He hasn't had double-digit touchdowns since 2015. He's just not the same guy. I, I, I have a hard time dropping him as well because here is the highest-profile player that we're talking about. But I say, move on, or you're going to lose your league. Grok is going to be 30 years old next year. Do you know how freaking old that is? Uh, <laughs> younger than me is, is yeah, all I, all I got I to say about it. But if we look at, uh, at where he is as far as uh, you know tight ends for the whole season, like I said, he is uh, the number 10 tight end overall. So he is 48.80 points, uh, right in between Austin Hooper and David Njoku. Would you ever think that I would say those words on this show? It goes Hooper, Gronkowski, Njoku. That's absurd. <laughs> Basically, if, if he does bad this week, drop him. God, he's so. Tell me, say the word. Five X Pro, say the word. Four X All Pro. Say drop him. Gronk him. You got to gronk him. Ah, he will never say the words. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Charles Clay. Let's talk about him. Uh, I know you have a, a a recent history with Clay. Sure, Charles Clay on a dynasty team has been my backup for years to Gronkowski. Not not great, Bob. Not great. Poo poo. Poo-poo. Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty <laughs> accurate. Uh, Charles Clay, you know, was in Miami for a while. When he went to Buffalo, we thought that maybe, oh, he'll be featured a bit more. Yeah. Didn't really change his stats at all. If anything, they went down a bit because he never topped 600 yards again once he got to Buffalo. Um, so, Charles Clay, I don't know why you have him on your team. Yeah, because he's the 46th overall tight end. Oh, man. Please remove him from. Remove, Thank you for doing all that counting. Remove him like a like a like a pimple or something. Rinse him like a boil. Yes, get rid of Charles Clay. Hit up the Clay. knife and hit the drop button. Charles Clay is gone. Just just put some alcohol on that and slice it off with a machete. That's fine. Goodbye, sir. Uh, and the last person I want to talk about was Ben Watson. So how do you feel about Watson? Ben Watson is. Uh, Basically, 10 years older than Rob Gronkowski. He's 10 years old. <laughs> he's 48 years old? Oh, he's 40 years old, you're saying. 39 or... He's born in December of 1980. So and it... Gronk is May of 89. Can you drop... So uh, nine years. Can you drop a guy who has scored uh, literally 22.5 points in the past three weeks? That's more than Gronk. By a lot. I... Oh, man. Two touchdowns. Now, the well, question Watson, is... What happened in week eight? Watson had nothing in week eight. I have no idea what I'm happened. I'm not sure in the if game. he played or not. I think he played that week and just drew no targets. So there's always that possibility with a with an offense like the Saints. The Saints are becoming more and more like the Patriots every day this year. <laughs> Except that, you know, Drew Brees owns a, a franchise of Jimmy John's. They clearly have very healthy and delicious sandwiches. I would rather go to Jimmy John's and drink some uh, TB12 water. <laughs> 
All right, so the thing about Ben Watson is this. He's had a bad year up till now, but he did happen to do well versus Baltimore and the Rams, scoring 10.3 and 12.2 fantasy points um, respectively. That's six for six for 43 and a touchdown and uh, four, uh, I'm sorry, uh, and three for four, uh, 62 yards and a touchdown against the Rams. So two touchdowns in the last couple games is is a an acquisition like Des Bryant's and the fact that Watson is is kind of scattered going to make you say keep him pick him up or are you still not interested in Ben Watson going forward uh, I'm not that interested in Ben Watson I gotta be honest even when he's like catching six catches for 43 yards because his floor get lucky with a touchdown because his floor is like two three exactly one. and his ceiling is only like 14 15. Yeah. Okay, well, then I say the same thing. I say, uh, you, you know, you keep him if you have no better options, or you cut the guy. So most of the guys that we've talked about today have been cuts. If you have any questions specifically that about, the point of that segment anyways. about who you want to cut, please pay attention to this bit of information. Um, even if you like the guy, even if you know his name, it's not important to keep him. If he is not performing at a high enough level for your team, if he's not performing at a high level regardless, you can do better. And so many fantasy teams out there are are going through this and you know they, they, they have these players on their team where they think they're going to get better, they think they'll come back, they'll return to greatness. Uh, generally, if a player trend lasts for more than two or three weeks, they are not getting better. They won't be better. I don't care if it's the coach's fault, the player's fault, you know, the team's fault. Doesn't matter. They're not gonna be better. Dump those players. Yeah. Get rid of them, or you'll show up on Jerry Springer uh, with your fantasy football team because he's running out of things to present on his show. Oh, that would be cool, Jerry. You know, Jerry Springer presents. You know, I can't. You, I just you can't back cut. out of a trade that we agreed on. I just can't cut Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, I'm going to buckle down and probably cut Michael Crabtree. And I'm going to consider cutting Randall Cobb. And Dave, I'm going to cut Gronk somewhere. And I've because also, I have him in three effing leagues, and that's too many. I've also learned some lessons. I'm going to cut some Gabriel and some Cobb. And maybe some... And you already cut uh, Riddick. I did. Song. I cut a Riddick. Yeah. So, we're just, so we will release all of these players. We're trying to help you guys. Please, don't show up on Jerry Springer's Fantasy Football episode. No, it's not the right place. And check out drink5.com. Jason and Dave signing out this evening. Cheers, buddy. Drink 5, everybody. Cheers.